With Radio On The Go News, Brian Fincher reporting. After receiving input, including from a survey on Facebook, the mascot for the Cal School District will remain the same. This is Cal Superintendent Todd Leto. You know, they feel very strongly about the Cal community being a cadet. So that's what we'll plan on doing. And as a matter of fact, I think there were good comments that came you know, from some of the output is, yeah, we've changed the way we've done things here, but maybe we should do a better job of teaching what a cadet is, you know, talking about that discipline and, you know, that work ethic and that drive, uh, you know, and exposing kids to that here in addition to all the other things that we're doing. So, you know, I think you know, when we put that idea out there, we had a lot of response. And I think what became very clear was, yeah, no, we want to maintain the cadet. Leto tells Radio On The Go News the picture used for the cadet mascot was drawn years ago by a student. The Iowa Governor's STEM Advisory Council this week announced 37 Iowa school districts will join or in some cases expand the STEM Best or Businesses Engaging Students and Teachers plus HD or High Demand Program to provide students with real workplace experiences. The program helps introduce students to businesses and career opportunities in Iowa while also gaining career-ready skills, including the latest honorees. 155 partnerships have been created or expanded since STEM Best launched in 2014. The STEM Council Executive Committee reviewed and approved 37 new or expanded partnerships supported by guidance, collaboration, and financial investment of up to $40,000 each. In the broadcast area, the Cal School District was one of the 37 awardees. Any Iowa student who wants to attend a private school can now use public money to pay for tuition or other expenses under a plan passed last week by the Iowa legislature and signed into law by Governor Kim Reynolds. Iowa becomes the third state to pass a measure that allows such spending with few restrictions. State Republican Senator Sandy Salmon of Janesville, who represents Senate District 29, Tells Radio On The Go News, school achievement and outcomes are better when families send their children to the school of their choice. Each family and child is individual and unique, so the more options we can offer parents, the better student needs will be met and the better our education for all students will be. And this is especially true for those that can't afford it. This bill will allow parents of all income levels to be able to afford to send their child to school of their choice. You know, and I realize all areas don't have as many choices as some areas do, but the principle is still the same. And I think that education is important and that the state should support education of children because it affects the state's future. Several public school officials say the measure will be a blow to public schools, especially rural schools. Salmon says there will be very little of any impact on public schools. It costs about $17,000 to educate each child in our public school system if you count all the dollars state aid, property tax, and federal funding. Only about 7500 will go with the student. The other nearly $10,000 per student will stay with the resident school district. So this is money that's going to go to rural schools who won't even have to be educating that student. The other thing to keep in mind is there are few private schools that even exist in rural areas for parents to choose to send their child to. So what we're going to end up with is the vast majority of Iowa students attend public schools now, and a vast majority of them will continue to choose their public school. A nonpartisan analysis by the Legislative Services Agency estimated the measure would cost $344.9 million a year in its fourth year after it is fully implemented. 
Senate District 29 covers all of Butler County and parts of Floyd County in the broadcast area. The Franklin General Hospital Auxiliary Scholarship Committee has announced that applications are now being accepted for scholarships for area high school students entering the healthcare field. Each year, the Franklin General Hospital Auxiliary presents scholarships to graduating high school seniors who have been accepted by an accredited school for education in any healthcare-related field. Applications may be obtained by uh, from uh, guidance counselors in either of the Franklin County High Schools at Hampton, Dumont, Cal, or West Fork. All applications must be submitted to the Auxiliary Scholarship Chairperson on or before March 20th. Applications can be sent to FGH Auxiliary Scholarship Chairperson. That's at 1651 Highway 65 in Hampton. The zip code is 50441. Last night, the Franklin County Sheriff's Department executed a search warrant at a residence along Eskridge Street in Dows. The Sheriff's Departments from Wright and Hardin Counties assisted at the scene. Charges for several subjects related to burglaries and thefts in Franklin, Hardin, Story, and Polk Counties can be expected soon in a follow-up to this case. The investigation follows a burglary reported Monday in Bradford that was investigated by the Franklin County Sheriff's Department. Yesterday, the Franklin County Sheriff's Department transported from Saragordo County. 24-year-old Matthew Sparks Jr. of Hampton was wanted on two Franklin County warrants for probation violations. Yesterday, the Hardin County Sheriff's Department served warrants to 27-year-old Martin Garcia of Des Moines for revocation of his pretrial release from the original charge of domestic abuse assault second offense for violation of a no-contact order and for failing to appear for violation of a no-contact order. This week, the Franklin County Board of Supervisors set February 21st at 1 p.m. as the date and time to hold the first public hearing and reading of the county's proposed commercial wind energy conversion system ordinance. That meeting will be held at the Franklin County Law Enforcement Center. Yesterday, the Butler County Board of Supervisors tabled setting the date and time for a public hearing concerning the county's proposed maximum property tax levy for fiscal year 2024. In other business, the Butler Supervisors approved two utility permit applications from Butler County REC to do underground work. Last week, the Rowan City Council held a special meeting, reviewed a request from Summit Carbon Solutions for bulk water access. The council was not given an estimate of how much water would be needed, but it was stated the city could put a daily limit on Summit Carbon Solutions. Use of the water would begin this coming summer. It was stated that Rowan's water system might not support the use by Summit. There were several comments from all council members, none of which were in favor of the project as they do not want the city to be involved with the proposal. A motion was made to deny selling bulk water to Summit Carbon Solutions. No matter what they offer the city, the measure passed on a vote of four to nothing. Today, the Rockwell City Council will continue to discuss the city's fiscal year 2024 budget and will discuss the hiring process for a new public works director. The Rockwell City Council meets today 7 p.m. at City Hall. In Iowa, tax a checkoff that sends funds to the Fish and Wildlife Fund has seen some ups and downs in recent years. DNR wildlife biologist Stephanie Shepard oversees what's called the Chickadee Checkoff. Tax year 2020, um, folks were especially generous. So we did see a big drop in donations this year from 2020, but um, those donations in 2020 were really high. She says the bigger concern is the number of people who check the box 
and make a donation. A decade ago, we had um, several thousand more people that were donating, um, and we're down to just about you know six thousand people um, donating. They're just being more generous um, with their donations, so kind of keeping us at the same level. There were 6,200 Iowa taxpayers used the Chickadee checkoff in 2021, a drop of 1,000 from 2020. Shepard says they want more people to know how the checkoff money is used in hopes of increasing donations. It's the only program that has a 100% focus on all those wildlife you can't hunt, fish, or trap. So, you know, game species, game fish have um, other funding sources through hunting license and fishing license dollars, um, but non-game wildlife doesn't really have, um, doesn't get a lot of money from those sources. And our major funding to support those species comes from the chickadee checkoff and the natural resource license plates. Shepard says the Wildlife Diversity Fund is used for many different things. Working to enhance habitat for non-game wildlife, um, finding uh, areas to conserve for um, non-game wildlife, and doing status surveys for species such as the rusty patch bumblebee, which is a federally endangered species. Shepard says a majority of people now are filing their taxes electronically, which she says can hinder donations. And Iowa PBS will be hosting free premiere screenings of Meredith Wilson, America's Music Man, beginning with a world premiere screening at Music Man Square in Mason City, February 11th at 1 p.m. This new historical documentary follows the career of the Mason City native Wilson, was a musician, conductor, and composer. The next day on February 12th, the Iowa City premiere will be held at the Voxman Music Building. Meredith Wilson, America's Music Man, will air on statewide Iowa PBS on February 28th at 6.30 p.m. For Radio On The Go News, Brian Fincher reporting.